Hey, y'all, this is Lee Smith, host of The Lee Smith Show. Uh, I'm dealing with a technical difficulty. If you will just hold tight for one second, and uh, we'll be up and running in a couple uh, couple minutes, I'd say. Thanks again. Hold tight. All right. Uh, back to the Lee Smith Show. We're live. We have our special guest, Cash Patel, here. And um, I'm going to ask Cash to unmute his button if he can. And while he's doing that, um, I highly recommend uh, I highly recommend going to Cash's Truth Social feed this week, which is uh, a barn burner because he's, <laughs> he's calling a uh, – it's, as he calls it, the week of accountability – and it appears right now that he's setting fire to uh, the most irresponsible and the most destructive Trump uh, Trump hires. And, and there are a lot of them. And so far, he's got, well, he's got five days of accountability, but he could probably be going on a lot longer. But I, <laughs> I, first, I want to welcome Mr. Patel, star of uh, star of stage and screen, Trump uh Trump uh, utility man, did everything, worked in the Pentagon, worked at DNI, worked at the NSC stat. Uh, before that, he was uh, uh, former Congressman Devin Nunes' lead investigator 
on the famous objective Medusa investigation, <laughs> getting to the bottom of the rot in the deep state. Uh, before that, he was a, um, a federal uh, federal defender. Is that how to describe it properly? Am I describing but, it? In, yeah, in federal the, public defender and then a terrorism, prosecutor. Prosecutor. terrorism prosecutor. Cash has wide, uh, wide experience, extensive experience in a whole bunch of different things. But I just got to start off. In addition to asking him, I, I just I'm looking at this true social feed and it's uh, it's pretty intense. I think you have something in here that um, that I think a lot of people didn't know. So I want to start with that. It's on the uh, accountability week, day four. You call former uh, or current FBI Director Christopher Wray and former Attorney General William Barr, Bill Barr, to account. You've got something here. I just want to read it. It says, uh, Barr, one of the reasons you're calling out Barr, it says, Barr, on book tour, castigating Trump for all things Russiagate Biden, yet was given briefing by DNI Ratcliffe proving Hunter's laptop was not Russian disinformation. And he said nothing as AG. That is wild. I don't think we knew that before. Did we know that before? And uh, can you elaborate, please? Yeah, Lee, thanks so much for having me here on uh, Deep Deep State Delirium. I love that title. Uh, (laughs) Only only you could come up with that. I I was channeling my my inner Lee Smith when I I Uh, decided to join Truth Social for the – or social media for the first time ever. And uh, – And uh, so it's been a learning curve, but I thought a, a, a learning curve, you, you've mastered it. I mean, I think like <laughs> I think after I think after uh, former president and soon to be president, perhaps <laughs> Donald Trump, uh, Devin Nunes and maybe I can't remember. I can't think of who else. Maybe Dan Bongino and Dan Scavino. But I mean, you're one of the top guys on there. And as we know, so far, they're still onboarding people. It's only a fraction of Twitter, but I mean, everyone is following your tweet, your your tweet, sorry, excuse me, um, <laughs> your feed, and you have just phenomenal stuff. And this is, this is rare. I mean, it's not just fun and it's not just uh, exciting, but you've got some news on there. You've got insight and news that we've rarely seen on any social media forum. So it's fantastic. And thanks for being with us. And thank you listeners for, for checking out our show today. No, thanks for having me. So, yeah, I mean, basically, you know, you, you wrote the number one selling book, The Plot Against the President, uh, which is just simply fabulous. And, uh, you you know, I, I wasn't kidding. I literally borrowed a, a play a play out of your playbook, which said, why don't you just report the truth? And I was like, oh, yeah, what what a novel idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, you know, Accountability Week was, you know, I'm not I'm not slinging fake news arrows. I, I actually was in yeah. in there. Yeah with these people. And you asked about Bill Barr and Chris Ray. Yeah. Look, Johnny Ratcliffe was the director of national intelligence and the best one during the Trump administration. And I worked with him and I briefed yeah. Bill Barr on matters with Johnny Ratcliffe. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I know for a fact that not only did the attorney general, Bill Barr, have access to the intelligence that John Ratcliffe is talking about. And if you recall, John Ratcliffe came out publicly and said at the time, it's not Russian mm, information. Right. It, yeah, it's yeah, being, right. It being Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, smartly, of course, John's not going to reveal classified information. And you don't have to to tell the public, the American public who you serve, to keep them apprised of important matters during a presidential election cycle. Bill Barr could have done the same thing. He had access to the same intelligence. He was given the same briefings. And he sat there and he shut up and he wrote his pages for his book he was going to sell later. Like everybody else in Trump world, it was just in it for his name and his ego and then to make a dime afterwards. And Chris Ray, who reports to Bill Barr, you know, Chris Ray, the FBI director, has continuously said nothing to see here, no corruption. Yeah. You know, Seventeen people are fired. Two Pfizer warrants were vacated and reversed. An inspector general issued a damning report calling out the FBI's corrupt and unlawful activities. Oh, and by the way, special counsel John Durham is indicting people um, who went to the FBI with this false information and more to come. So <clears throat> that's just a glimpse of the accountability week on Truth Social. I think I got it uh, in my head the other week when I was drinking a PBR. So maybe <laughs> who knows what'll come next? No, it's great. No, look, you're right. Of course, Radcliffe did talk about this and say, yeah, our information, our intelligence is saying this is not Russian disinformation. But you put a finer point on it here saying that Radcliffe or Barr had been briefed by Radcliffe. And nonetheless, he goes out. And as we know, this line in his book now, saying he was surprised that Joe Biden lied about it. Um, <laughs> right. right. I, I mean, 
I mean, this was an opportunity for the Attorney General of the United States, right? Th this is important because this goes to the heart of what the Attorney General is supposed to be doing. Especially right? during and, a presidential cycle. Yeah. Right. No, you're so, totally so right. I mean, a, go ahead. Here's a, no, I mean, here's a family uh, which appears to be, which is allegedly extremely corrupt, and the Attorney <laughs> General passes on it. He says nothing. Not even not. It's not even about an investigation. He doesn't say a single thing about it. No, that's absolutely right. And we, you rounded out the, the 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 subject nicely. The whole purpose of this was because fifty-one former intelligence officials, three CIA yeah. directors, one NSA director, and a Secretary of Defense came out and signed that bogus letter that said Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Right. This was when Biden was candidate for president of the United States. For Bill Barr to sit on the sideline right. knowing that information to be false is outrageous and a violation of his oath of office. We weren't asking for yeah. details of any ongoing DOJ investigations. Doesn't everyone remember when James Comey ran to the podium and told the world during a presidential election cycle <laughs> right. about Hillary Clinton's email investigation, even though he was lying for partisan gain? We still right. knocked him out. But right. <laughs> it's totally, totally right. the right thing to do for Bill or yeah. would have been for Bill Barr. And he completely failed. And now we know why him and Alyssa Farrow and all these other losers are writing books so they can cash a check right. on their Trump ticket ride. And they should never have been put in there in the first place. And it's one of the most important things I continue to tell President Trump to this day. And I don't mind sharing it publicly. Yeah. Personnel matters. And we have the bench. But we got to get it right. right this time. And not just at like one or two levels. But every single appointment has to be for what your vision is. Because you were elected right. president, not these morons. How 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 can you how can you tell? Do you know what I mean? I mean, for instance, Bill Barr coming in, he would have looked like an he would have looked like he did look like a very good appointment, right? And and to give him some credit, he did appoint John Durham, and we'll see what and we'll, well, we'll talk he, about that. He in a appointed minutes, John. So. He appointed John Durham because you wrote the book that exposed the story of RussiaGate. I mean, you know, okay, we forced Bill Barr based on yeah. our investigation and your reporting. We forced his hand, and I don't mind saying that. He wasn't going to, you know, just appoint John Durham on his own. You know how many really? times we had to go back to that guy to tell him really? over and over and over again how corrupt the FISA court was, the FBI was, and how unlawful their activities were? And me, as a former terrorism prosecutor who used those things, had to go back and repeat it, you know, rinse, repeat, and replay it. Yes, I agree. I'm glad he appointed wow. John Durham. But, okay. but that's his job. You know, right. like uh, I'm not giving the guy a pat on the back for doing the one thing he was supposed no, to. No, you're, you're right. So, look, I was going to ask, and I think you've answered my question. Are you surprised at Barr's? Are you surprised that Barr turned out to be not the hero that um, that he seems to have portrayed himself as? Because I mean, you know, th th this book shows this book shows something else. Just the fact publishing a book like this, going after Trump. This shows something else. So you're, you're not surprised, it seems. No, I'm not surprised. I told everyone not to make him attorney general because he was coming right. from the same group of forever rhinos that didn't support President Trump in the first place. Right. And the same people that put him in power, like the White House Counsel's Office, the mm. same guys that <clears throat> obstructed our, 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 our Russiagate stuff. Is that going to be part of your part of your series of accountability? I don't know. I haven't had a, the seventh day hasn't come out yet, Lee. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, 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 I won't give it away. I'll let, I'll let people follow. <laughs> but really, I highly recommend I highly recommend that uh, listeners check it out. It's really kind of amazing stuff. Before I go to that, though, I, before we go through some of the other uh, before we go through the hall of uh, shame, um, I, 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 how do you know when you're appointing people or how do we because a lot of people say this, right? You're. You're out there in the lead saying this, but a lot of people are disappointed uh, in, uh, you know, in, in President Trump's appointments, and they think that uh -huh. was a big problem. So, look, these people will get up, and they lie straight in your face. Oh, yeah, I'm totally with the president's agenda, this and that, and I, I want this job or I want that job. How do you know, um, not maybe not, not that they're being earnest, but how do you know that they will do the job required of them? What's, the, te got, what's the test for that? You got to go out and talk to the people that actually know the folks coming in. And everybody right. th that gave us the Bill Bars of the world, um, mm. that gave us Chris Ray, that gave us Rod Rosenstein, that gave us Gina Haspel, that gave us yeah. Paul Nakasone, that gave us Fiona Hill, 
Everybody that said these are Trump people should be put on the list and we're never going to listen to them ever again. That's step one. Step two, you listen to guys that have proven themselves to be, um, and I don't want to say loyal to the president, but loyal to the democratic process. A president was right. elected, his agenda was followed. So you need guys like Johnny Ratcliffe, Rick Rennell, Devin hmm. Nunes, Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, you know, Gates, and yeah. so many other people over in Congress. I know I'm going to leave people out. You need folks like that. Then you need trusted reporters, you know, and I'm going to harken back to the Russiagate investigation because it's what I know. You know, when we went after this five years ago, you, Solomon, John Solomon, you know, Bongino and a couple other folks, they were the only ones that said, oh, these guys are actually talking the truth. Right. Those people Chuck, also Chuck know Ross, the world enough. Uh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there, you know, there are a number of them and really we're, we're you know, grateful. I mean, I, I know reporting it and just all of these people working together and getting at a story. Of course, journalists are competitive, but just looking at all that, you know, looking at the people who are doing that, like Dan Mangino, like John Solomon, like Chuck Ross, like Molly Hemingway, yeah. really, really important, really important. And so there's a lot of bad stuff that happened during that period, but a lot of really great stuff too, really important people working together. And of course, the top of that list is, um, you know, you and uh, former Congressman, now uh, Chief Executive Officer, <laughs> uh, Trump Media Technology Group, Devin Nunes. All right, let's hit some more people um, in your week of accountability. Let's do it. Let, let's number one. You name number one. This is a guy. This this is a a, a, a top weasel, uh, top Washington, <laughs> top Beltway weasel, and of course, this guy famously threatened you. So, do you want to give us some uh, more detail? on why Rod, how Rod Rosenstein has earned his place um, in the Hall of Shame and Cash Patel's week of accountability. I hope this turns into a month of accountability. <laughs> That's what some people have asked for on Truth. Yeah. I guess we could do that. But yeah, hot Rod Rosenstein, not for yeah. um, anything about his looks, but more about his vicious temper. Um, if you've been around him, that's why we called him Hot Rod. He was effectively the attorney general when Sessions right. got displaced. So, and he was making all the calls on Russiagate. We went to him and we said, hey, none of this happened on your watch. You can help us clean this up. And no individual obstructed our investigation, that is mine and Devin wow. Nunes's when we were in House Intel, then Rod Rosenstein. He obstructed it because this guy who's a 20-year career prosecutor didn't even know the national security apparatus. I had to sit in his yeah. office with the likes of Trey Gowdy and Devin Nunes and explain it to him. And then, um, you know, when we had breakthroughs like the Bruce Orr 302s and whatnot, he... Right refused to even acknowledge them. And I said, they exist. The Clinton campaign paid for this. These documents at the FBI exist. I know what I'm asking for. I put together yeah. FISAs and I put it together a list of documents and I handed it to them and I said, hey, you, Rod Rosenstein's team, if I'm wrong on any one of these, we could shut yeah. this investigation down. They right. called me the next day and said, you better get over to the DOJ skiff. There's stuff you need to see. That 's stuff you need to see was wow. uh, Bruce Orr 302s and so much other stuff related to FISA abuse and corruption. And the reason I named Rod <clears throat> is because he refused and blocked congressional subpoenas, the production mm. of documents, and he's the reason that so much material is still classified and was never released to the public. Why did he do that? Wow. I remind our audience, Rod Rosenstein, as the acting attorney general, signed the fourth FISA warrant against a sitting president of the United right. States, that is President Trump. That warrant has to be sworn to by... There's only three people in America that can do it. I mean, the yeah. attorney general is one of them. And he did it. And there was intentionally false information in there. The mm. FBI knew it. They lied to the federal court. And oh, by the way, thanks to our investigation and the IG report, that warrant has been reversed. One of maybe right. three in, in right. Fisk history that's been reversed. And that's why that guy has something to hide. Uh, because he doesn't want to be known as the person who obstructed justice the most right now right. he's out there flaunting how he saved the republic but remember this yeah. is the same guy that agreed to wear a wire with andy mccabe the next right. most corrupt individual um against president trump so they could use the 25th amendment to remove him these right. are the people that need to be held accountable right it's amazing remember uh remember the controversy when those stories when when the when the the the, the dueling uh the dueling papers, the New York Times, the dueling information operation platforms, the New York yeah. Times and the Washington Post were doing the McCabe, uh, the McCabe Rosenstein thing. Well, is this real? Is it fake? Like, look, the guy authorized spying on a sitting president. 
and you think he's going to be shy about wearing a wire to go into meet, uh, yeah, to go, to exactly. go into meet him? Of course. <laughs> that, that, uh, that's, what the whole, that's what the whole thing was about. Um, okay, number, um, number two. Number two in your uh, week of accountability. Who do we have? Who do we have? I forgot the, the order. Uh, it might have been Mar- Mark Milton. No, wait, let me see. Yes, that's who you have. Oh, let's no, Gina Haspel. Gina Haspel. No, you've, okay, let's go to Haspel, then we'll come back and do Millie. But let's talk <laughs> yeah, about I don't Haspel. think the order really matters. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. So, um, so why Gina Haspel? Because a lot of people, you know, a, 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 lot of, uh, a lot of MAGA supporters, a lot of Trump supporters, they were given to understand that Gina Haspel, especially after, you know, especially after John Brennan, that Gina Haspel did a bang up job, that she was an honest, uh, an honest and, and, and honorable public servant. So what's the real story? She may have been up until the point she was named CIA director. Gina Haspel mm-hmm. was station chief for, for uh, the yeah. CIA in London in 2016. For our audience, what that means is she was the number one intelligence official in the embassy um, in the United Kingdom for America. What that also means is that no investigation by the FBI can occur overseas by law without host nation permission. And the only way you get that is if you go to the number one intelligence official who goes to MI6 and says, uh, the FBI is coming to me with these downer tales, with these drunken tales about this uh, ambassador and possible Trump-Russia collusion. There's no way she didn't know about it. She didn't write about it. She didn't talk to the FBI about it and make a recommendation as the proceeding, because she could have stopped that from happening. She did not. That's right. just one instance of it. Then fast forward, when we do the investigation, we find out not only that the FBI was corrupt, but the CIA and their hastily put together project huh. under John Brennan about the uh, what we call the ICA, the Intelligence Community Assessments regarding Russia, Russia, sort of Russia collusion that didn't happen. We went in there under, under Devin Nunes and looked into that report itself. Mm-hmm. We put together a classified report that exposed, like we did in the Nunes memo, similar flaws that you you and I, I can't still talk right. about because all of it's classified. There's a report sitting on a shelf somewhere in the CIA mm-hmm. that Gina Haspel blocked from being released Wow! Uh, when she was director of the CIA that could have shed so much more light. And why did she do it? The same reason Rod Rosenstein did, did it. They didn't wow. want their agencies embarrassed while they were the heads because they care more about their egos and their agencies than they do the mission. And anyone that says otherwise just needs to look at the actual proof and not hyperbole and not the fake news media. If there was nothing to hide, why didn't they release it? And they're going to go to the same, oh, you were going to destroy international right. relations and sources were going to get <clears throat> We're going to get killed. No, we weren't because I, being an intel guy from my mm-hmm. background in the civilian as a military and, and a terrorism prosecutor and whatnot, knows there's a way forward. Hmm. And no one got killed when he told everyone Steele did this. No right. one got killed. No relationships were destroyed when we put out the Nunes memo. We only showed the corruption at the intelligence and FBI agencies. And that's why the Americans are so ticked off. No one got hurt. No relationships were destroyed. Actually, right. the only relationship that was destroyed was the one between the American people and the yep. trust it has in its agencies. And it's because of people like Gina Haspel and Rod Rosenstein, yep. Bill Barr and Chris Ray, and so many others. Look, this is this is a great point that you make, and I, especially now with you know with a very serious conflict in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the, the, our uh, our national security establishment hollowed itself out, and this is why I keep saying to people: Look, RussiaGate was not simply a Beltway political scam. Mm-hmm. It was not simply an enormous. Uh, a political debacle where they targeted the sitting president of the United States as well mm-hmm. as candidate Trump. This is also a national security disaster waiting to happen, and that's where we are. The mm-hmm. American people are basically flying blind because the people who are explaining or who, who, who pretend to explain what's happening in Eastern <coughs> Europe, these people lied for six years. Yeah. They lied for six years specifically about Russia and Ukraine and Donald Trump. And now we're expected to take them seriously on Russia and Ukraine. And that brings us to, we're going to skip over Millie for a second, and we're going to go <laughs> to number five, um, one of your favorites, Fiona Hill. 
why a former NSC staffer in the Trump administration, and we know, of course, of course, also she was an impeachment witness. Why does she merit or explain uh, in some detail? Because I think we all believe that she merits a place in the Hall of Shame. Why is she there? She's the biggest perk of them all. Fiona Hill, a Trump (laughs) appointee who is the head of European affairs for the National Security Council, pretty senior position, um, and a former Brookings Institute fellow or whatever those people are called, um, is so is maybe single handedly second to Hillary Clinton responsible for the two greatest criminal conspiracy scandals in U.S. presidential election history, the Russiagate scandal and the Ukraine impeachment fiasco. Let me unpack that. Yeah. Let's go to Russiagate because that's where we are right now. She, Fiona Hill, has been hobnobbing around the world with Christopher Steele for years. She, Fiona Hill, while at the Brookings Institute, had an employee by the name of Igor Danchenkov who is now indicted by special counsel John Durham. She introduced Jen- <laughs> Danchenkov to Steele. Danchenkov right. became Steele's main source. Fiona right. Hill also introduced Charles Dolan to Christopher Steele, who we now know, thanks to Durham's um, righteous reporting and indictments, also was shoveling nonsense to Christopher Steele. The Steele dossier is the reason the bogus Russiagate investigation got off the ground. And the only and the person to put it all together, the intel pieces, the people uh, and the players at hobnobbing around D.C. is Fiona Hill while she was at Brookings. My question is, did Brookings know and how much money did they toss her to do it? Um, wow. The next part of that is the Ukraine impeachment fiasco. Fiona Hill comes in after the after the false whistleblower and says Donald Trump's a threat because of the Ukraine call he had with Zelensky. Well, that's been put to rest because the call was released. Unlike Joe Biden, he won't release his call. But Trump released his call, and there was no quid pro quo. There was no there there. And she went up to Congress and basically, I believe, lied to the American people to try to get um, a the president impeached. And she was successful enough in at least getting the yeah. charges brought and putting a sitting president uh, – in an impeachment, which these people who, who only care about their egos don't realize what that does to a country, to yeah. put an international spotlight falsely on a president and his administration while they could be doing the work of the American people. No, they want the political headline. We took down President Trump. Well, they tried. Right. She took her shot twice and failed. But of course, she, like everybody else, Gina Haspel, Rod Rosenstein, gets a payday, Bill Barr, at the end of the day, selling books, being on the fake news media. They glorify her. My question is, how can you glorify someone who is solely or, or not solely, but one of the chief architects of the two biggest criminal conspiracy scandals in U.S. presidential history? And wow. uh, I'm sure the Democrats will give her a position in the next administration. I'm kind of surprised she didn't get one in this one. Maybe they know something we don't. Maybe they know something John Durham does. She had, she had to publish her book and make some cash on the book. Are people actually reading these books, by the way? I, mean, I don't, you, you, know, you know me, Lee. I didn't. I don't read. Uh, period. But uh, <laughs> there are friends of ours. There are friends yeah. of ours who think that it's just the, you know. And there are other people. A lot of people who think that this is that this is nonsense. That people aren't. That this is basically a way to pay to pay off friends of uh, friends of the uh, Obama Clinton Biden yeah. faction. You know that that group is always going to exist. These six figure book deals, advances for all these people. The TV contracts, the McCabe's, the Brennan's, the Clappers, the Fiona Hills of the world, the Gina Haspels of the world, they're all going to get these big book deals. Bill Barr, I'm sure, got seven figures plus whatever he gets on the sale. All these guys get out of government and they go make money by trading their name. Um, and I believe most all these people are doing it falsely. And they have a willing media, which is the, the, the most, you know, that, that's, the, that's the entity I named today in Accountability Week was the mainstream media. The fake news, no more than any other individual or group, has been responsible for the corruption of our institutions and the American public's belief in journalism because they don't care about Um, the truth anymore. They just want the narrative. And they sync up with the likes of Fiona Hill, Millie, who has time for book interviews but doesn't have time to plan for an Afghan withdrawal that leaves 13 American soldiers dead. They have no they have no problem talking to Brennan and Clapper and Comey, Strzok and Page and putting them on TV just so they can get the next headline they want, you know, damn the evidence. And that's my biggest problem with uh, the fake news. And that's why I named them. And that's why 
I'm just, you know, I launched fight with cats.com because we got to, yeah, we got to go after what, these guys. Yeah. Talk, can you talk about fight with cash.com a little more? Cause it's, it's a really important, really valuable initiative. And um, I want to make sure that people understand the, the kind of important work that you guys are doing. I, I thanks. I always appreciate a chance to talk about it's my passion project, you know, born out of the Russiagate investigation. Devin Nunes and I were mercilessly attacked in the media. We got defamed. I took it upon um, myself to uh, go ahead and um, try to get my name cleared and file defamation lawsuits against CNN, New York Times and political. Those are all live and going. They have not ended and I will not take mm. a knee. And what I learned, though, was over the years, many people have been defamed. Many Americans have been defamed into platform, but they don't have the means to go mm. out and file cases because they cost money. Lawyers aren't cheap. Right. I know I used to be one. Um, and so <laughs> what I did was, well, let's let's go yeah. on offense. You know, you know, right. me as a former as a hockey guy, yeah, 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 right. I'm not sitting back on defense. So we created an offensive legal trust. And that's what fight with cash dot com mm. is. We, I go around the country raising money for this foundation, and what we do is we review your cases for free. You go to the website, you donate if you can, but if you have a case, you send us a summary. It gets reviewed for free by very smart lawyers, hmm. and if you have a cause of action for defamation, we will cut the check for your lawyers and walk into court with you. You will wow. have no expense. We just filed a couple of weeks ago a case for a young man named Daniel Bostic, who is, oh, who is right, suing sure. um, some left-wing yeah. loser for $15 million for defaming him in regard in relation to January 6th. And I won't talk about the contents of it, but that's what fight with cash is all about guys like Daniel, um, who are everyday Americans who care about this country, but the media hates them because they sided with some Trump policy or some Trump position. And we're not going to stand for that at fight with cash.com. So thanks for letting me talk about that. No, we're going to keep going. That's really important. You know, I was just reading a piece today. Our our friend Julie Kelly tweeted it out or put it somewhere um, about um, an article in Revolver magazine by I guess it was Jeffrey Clark. He was uh, he was he was in the Trump DOJ and he's explaining how, you know, he's explaining how how the left wing has this organization now, which is going after a whole bunch of Trump lawyers, Mm -hmm. um, which is just, you know, and he says, look, the way to fight back is to is to, to put to, put together our own organizations yeah. and, and at least for defense, if not to go on offense against them as well, which seems like, and that's what you're doing, man. That sounds great. Um, that's it. That's it. We got to go on offense, Lee. And, and it's, you know, you know, it more as well as anybody else. Yeah. You, you went on offense when you wrote the plot against the president, when you wrote the permanent coup and, you know, with your rel- relentless reporting. I, since I then. think, I think a lot of our, I think a lot of our guys, a lot of our neighbors, fellow Americans, that's how they see it too. It's like you know we're 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 tired of taking all this incoming, and these people are these people are monsters, and they're animals. And why are we why are we hiding from these people? They're disgusting and they're repulsive and they're destroying the country. Speaking of which, before we go get back to the uh, week of accountability, I, I'm just thinking you're t- we're talking about all these people with books. Can you imagine? Can you imagine uh, on your birthday, someone hands you a wrapped copy of the book, you unwrap it and you, you see what it is. And like, oh, yeah, it's Alexander Vindman's new book. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. I just I just it's very hard for me. For, for, it's hard for me to, to believe that even people on the left are going, like, oh, wow, I can't read to can't wait to read the Fiona Hill book. That just sounds fantastic. That that'll be a barrel of laughs. Um, yeah. Let's get, I, well, let, you can blame the media for that because they right. put out so much inform- disinformation on these people that they're regaled as heroes when they're really actually the uh, the antagonist in this in the last couple of years of the Trump administration that hurt the national security apparatus of, of a country. And that's my background. I'm a national security guy. Uh, and I'm cheering for Joe Biden to win on the national security front. Unfortunately, he hasn't won on any single issue of national security. Right. Um, but it's but. If you read the same outlets that propped up the Fiona Hills and Alexander Vindman's of the world, you'd think Joe Biden is the most successful president when it comes to foreign right. policy, um, you know, since uh, since Roosevelt. All right. Um, let's talk about just one more thing about Fiona Hill, because, I mean, she went after the president, but she also went after you. C- can you talk about that at all? Uh, I mean, uh, not much. I, I have no. my pleadings have been filed against political uh, times and CNN, and I'll let those speak for themselves. But. You know, I was defamed uh, and put in the middle of a presidential impeachment falsely because they labeled me as um, some sort of Trump Ukraine whisperer, which is 100 percent false. And they, the characters in that tale, are named by name in those pleadings. And I believe she had no small part 
uh, in that, in that affair. And, um, we're not taking a breath. We are going to get to discovery. We are going to get to the sources of these articles and we are going to let the world know that the sources were totally BS and, or the sources completely lied and the outlets knew it. And that's why we're going to win these cases because we have the truth and they have nothing but lies and quote unquote anonymous sources about things that never happened. I mean, good luck. You know, we're all pulling for you and this will be important, not just for you, but, uh, you know, I I know both both you and Devin are, are, you know, a lot of people might be surprised to hear it, but you guys are great defenders of the media insofar as you want an honest and decent media to report facts and um, to explain reality to the American public. It's really important. And this is this would be uh, this would be a really important blow on behalf of a free and independent media, which this country does need to make uh, real decisions about, you know, uh, 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 about our future and about our faith. Okay, now we come to current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mm. Mark Milley, also in the week of accountability. Yeah. Why is he he there? Look, I served with uh, uh, Chairman Milley. On, on a number of high-priority national security fronts. And then I was chief of staff where he worked for myself and Chris Miller at the Pentagon. And I was in the situation room where uh, when we killed Baghdadi, when President mm-hmm. Trump took out, took the enormous decision to uh, issue a raid to sh- kill the world's number one terrorist. Yeah. And Chairman Milley was there in the room with me. And I have to say, and I tell people every time, I thought on that evening, he acted the way a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff mm-hmm. was supposed to act apolitical, not talking to the media, doing the mission, mission first, protecting our troops and protecting America. Right. And that that totally changed 180 uh, in the run up and after the election. He became the most political animal in D.C. And the statute, the law that made the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff prohibits the chairman from engaging Mm. in politics. It also, by law, excludes him from the chain of command. The National Command Authority, by law, passed by Congress, goes from the President of the United States to the Secretary of Defense. At no point does the chairman have any authority to execute orders for the Department of Defense. And I believe Chairman Milley violated both of these components of the law by giving book interviews to Bob Woodward and and leaking information to the media for political gains so he could save his uh, rear end and get his job held over into the Biden administration, which he successfully did thanks to a lamestream media. But more importantly is his, um, I believe, violation of oath of office and the law in the protection of national security. He's running Mm -hmm. around, as is now widely known, calling his Chinese counterpart, telling him, we will give you advance warning if if and when America launches any operations. That is a total violation of the law. He has no role, whether we launch an attack on China or Cuba or anyone else, to call anyone. His job is to, when called upon, provide advice to the Secretary of Defense and the President. That's it. That's his job by statute. And he was regaled as a hero by the likes of Nancy Pelosi because he gave his statements about the military wasn't going to let President Trump stay in power. President Trump was never going to stay. He would know that. If he listened to the truth, he also had the opportunity to come out and say on January 6th, um, the president did not incite a violent riot. And also two days before Mark Milley was in the Oval Office with me and the Mm. secretary of defense when the president authorized 20,000 National Guards men and women for January 6th, if needed. Why is that important? Your, Your audience might ask. The law requires two things before the National Guard can be deployed by the Secretary of Defense. One, presidential authorization. Two, a request by the head uh, law enforcement official of that state or district. In this case, Mayor Mm -hmm. Bowser and Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police. We went to them after that authorization in the Oval on January 4th or so, when Chairman Milley was there, and we asked Mayor Bowser and Nancy Pelosi's uh, Capitol Police Do they want assistance? We're authorized to go up to 20,000. And these are National Guards men and women. So we have to bring them in from our communities, dress them up, kit them up, employ and deploy them. It takes a little bit of time. They put in writing, no, we Mm. do not need your help, as if they didn't want it. Now, with Chairman Milley giving all of these interviews, 
since that time, not one time has he come out and said, not once has he come out and said, President Trump issued that authorization. It's the truth. He knows it to be the truth. And he also knows if he comes out and says that, they will fire him immediately. And that makes him the biggest political hack and coward to ever sit as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Wow. Can I ask something? I mean, this has been on my want. I mean, first of all, I didn't believe that it was possible that he actually could have called his Chinese counterpart. I thought it might have just been nonsense. And he was boasting about something that he would get applause for. But I mean, the way that I've understood that is he called um, he called a potential enemy combatant to to promise that he would uh-huh. provide truth, that he would provide classified intelligence on Uh troop movements i mean i i i I, I don't understand how this is how this was celebrated in washington right i think it says something about the state of the media it says something about the state of the national security establishment to to me it's just shocking that he was that and that he knew he would be celebrated for this instead of someone saying this guy is nuts we're not only going to fire him this guy's in big trouble with the law right now. I mean, that, that just seems absolutely over the top. Well, he took a page, or maybe Joe Biden took a page out of his book because Joe Biden has no, no problem calling Xi Jinping during yeah. a time of war and providing Xi Jinping with classified intelligence from yeah, the United right. States intel community about troop movements in and around the Ukraine while Putin is launching an invasion. And then all of a sudden he acts surprised that Xi Jinping gave it to, um, to Putin. Now, so that's basically what, you know, you described Mark Milley did. Yeah. And of course, the media isn't going to call him out for it because yeah. it would make, you know, them look bad. But here's, again, sort of the thesis is not personal attacks, but the weakening of our national security apparatus. As a result of this type of conduct, be it Milley or be it Biden's, we are not even on the call sheets of national leaders at a time of war in Europe. They don't even take yeah. our calls. They literally don't. The, the uh, deconfliction line, as it were to mm-hmm. speak, goes on, an- uh, according to the media, has been going unanswered as of late. That has never happened in modern wow. U.S. history. What happened to Mark Milley's gravitas on the world stage? What about President Joe Biden? And that only hurts Americans and American national security and our allies. And our allies, by the way, ha- are forgetting us along the way. Saudi Arabia yeah. is meeting with, guess who? The Iranians. Right. The Emiratis are hosting President Bashar al-Assad, a genocidal dictator, and they are not talking to us. And, of course, Joe Biden, in his infinite wisdom, probably getting advice from Chairman Milley, um, is saying to the Russians, you, Russia, be the arbiter for America's reentry into the disastrous Iran nuclear deal. And this is a problem on so many fronts that is probably an entire other show, but that's the theme I want the audience to take away. It's no. we, it's not that I want to go after these people personally. I wish I didn't have to. But part of our job is to call out officials who have the privilege of serving in the cabinet level positions that they did when they violate their oaths of office because the the persons, excuse me, the people and who suffer the most are Americans yeah. and our weakened national security posture is on the world stage and everybody sees it from and our southern border to the opiate crisis to the human trafficking crisis to the deaths of our youth from chinese fentanyl skyrocketing no one's talking about that to russia starting a war which would never have happened under president trump and these guys are running around thumping their chest drone striking innocent children and lying about it as if they are somehow saving the american national security apparatus when they are destroying it you're, you're um, right. You have drawn it up. They have made us. They have made not just you know. It's not just having made America weaker, but they've made American citizens, Americans in uniform, Americans at home. They've made us vulnerable mm-hmm. to many dangers that it is their job to protect us from while advancing the national interest. Yeah. Look, um, I wish I was doing a, a weekly posting on you know the funniest bloopers in sports uh, because. <laughs> Because then at least we wouldn't have to have these serious conversations about our leadership failing and the politicization of our national security apparatus, which just continues mercilessly under the Biden administration and the likes of Lloyd Austin and Chairman Milley. And, you know, like you said, we could sit here from now until the end of time. And that's the that's the ultimate tragedy is that there's so many people mucking up the national security apparatus of, of the United States by politicizing it that there's too many to name. And that is what has destroyed America's faith 
in our agencies and defense right. department to do its mission. And in order to restore it, it's going to take more than a midterm cycle, more than a presidential cycle. It's going to take America's American engagement and not just by words and rhetoric, but we got to go out there and educate America with the facts and not the CNN disinformation, Washington Post, David Ignatius nonsense. A lot of people think I'm going to let you go in a second, but I just got to ask a couple more questions. One is a lot about a lot of people think that these institutions cannot be saved. But you I, think that I disagree. That, OK. Yeah, I think with the right leadership in place and not just at the cabinet level, but the deputy mm. level, the undersecretary level, the chief of staff level. There are I worked with people in the Trump administration. I worked mm. with people in the Obama administration. I worked with people who would be great for these positions. Yeah. They, their names just didn't get to, on the list or to the top of the list. And if there's another Trump administration, I'm gonna work my tail off to make sure at least these people's names are heard because they exist. I worked with them. I know they will put the priority of national security first, which is my background and my wheelhouse. Right. And they will not think of politics and they will not think of or care what the media writes about them. Like these so-called, um, you know, villains of national security, if I may call them, from Million down, who care more about what the media writes about them because their egos can't take it and their book deals can't stomach it. This was one of my this is one of the points that I always talk about, one of the points I wanted to make with plot against the president, talking about you, talking about Devin Nunes, talking about Jack Langer, talking about, you know, everyone who's part of the investigation say you know, there's a lot of people in Washington who are very bad and very sinister and they're hurting America. But at the same time, there are people who are really serving the public interest and they are stepping up. Uh, they step up and they, they step up and they fight on behalf of our country. So, you know, we're, 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 we are thanking you and Devin and all of Objective Medusa all the time. And with that, the last question I want to ask is, because I know a lot of people want to know, what do you think is going on with Durham? I know that you're that you've been optimistic Ooh. for a while. So, yeah. what do you think? Well, thank you for those kind words, and you know, I'll continue with you, uh, my partner here, to just keep pounding it. And uh, I'll put in a shameless plug here for my show, Cash's Corner on Epoch yeah, Times. A, if, you're not, if you're not, if you're not bored, and Jan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're not bored of hearing me and Lee yammer on, I do deep dives into all national security law enforcement. I've done three deep dives into Don Durham, John Durham, and it's uh, every night on uh, Cash's Corner. Um, and, and there you, and, and, uh, and you and and you interviewed Donald Trump. Great, amazing yeah, we had, interview. We had some fun. We had some fun. I no. wanted to give the world a, a view of how he and I talked when I was heading up so many of his national no. prior, security priorities. But on John Durham, I agree. I've been I've been is bullish the right word? Uh, I'm not a stock guy, yeah. but I think it's the right word. Um, yeah. Because as a former terrorism exactly. prosecutor myself, I follow the pleadings that John Durham's issues issued closely. And he keeps putting out more pleadings, multiple indictments, mm -hmm. labeling out grand scale conspiracies in 40, 50 page indictments when they could be four and five pages. And you mm -hmm. don't do that unless you want to tell the world a little bit of your story, because it's the only time a prosecutor can speak publicly about a matter. And he's going on and listing the likes, I believe, of Bruce Orr, Fusion GPS, Glenn Simpson, yeah. Peter Fritsch, um, and all the other cast of characters, Peter Strzok, Paige, Lisa Page, uh, Andy, Mc, excuse me, Andy McCabe. And look, he's indicted. He's in, look, just look at who he's indicted. He's indicted yeah. the FBI. He's indicted the Clinton campaign lawyers. And he's indicted the Steele dossier and its source. That's about as bad as it can get for them at the base level. Right. Now what America wants and what I want is accountability for those entrusted with those positions in government like Andy McCabe, which is where I think John Durham's indictments are going, um, hmm. who broke the law and the trust of the American people because they didn't want Donald Trump to be president. And when he was president, they wanted him to fail. And so if you look at those pleadings and you look at the just last week, he issued a one pager lead that I don't think anybody really saw. And in those one page, in that one page, he spoke volumes. He asked the judge in the Danchenko indictment, which is the, which is Danchenko is the source for Steele, the guy who worked right. for Fiona Hill at Brookings. He <laughs> asked the judge, hey, I need more time with my evidence turnover, my discovery. Hmm. I've got so much, judge, that I've got to get the defendant his due process rights. And me as a public defender will always applaud that. Mm -hmm. But not just that, judge. I went to the defense and there's so much <laughs> classified information here that I need more time to give it over and... As a terrorism prosecutor, I use this portion of the federal statute. It's called SEPA 
Classified Information Procedures Act, he said, Judge, I got to come see you alone because this, this classified information is huh. so sensitive. I can't turn it over to anyone. I need you to see it and be the referee and tell me if I can use it in my case in chief, because if I can't, then we have a problem either with discovery obligations or the prosecution. So there's a lot of back and forth that's going on in that one little bullet in that one page uh, pleading that he issued. And he wouldn't be doing this unless he's bringing a righteous case. And look, I'll just leave it with an anecdote. When I was a terrorism prosecutor, I spent five months declassifying one sentence for one prosecution. <laughs> this guy's working oh, on the know. largest criminal conspiracy right. in U.S. history. So we I think he's coming in April and May. We know how long yeah. it took you guys, you know, getting stuff out from the Nunes memo. I'm with a, 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 a righteous document, a historical document. You said April or May. Why? What, 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 what's telling you April or May? I'm just looking at where the indictments and pleadings have been sort of leading up to and, and the workload. So, you know, I could be wrong on that timeline, maybe the summer, but, um, you know, I'm hoping April, May, but, you know, even if it comes in the summer, I'm going to be ecstatic. But I just think he's putting on a, a ground level game that you don't put on unless you are really going after it. Not to mention the fact that he's put over 20 people in the grand jury and we basically right. know who he's put right. in there. And I hope Jake Sullivan, the current national security advisor, is a target of this investigation because remember, these guys are the same guys who ran the Clinton campaign and then stood up and said, oh, yeah, Trump Towers, uh, you know, wiretapped. But they were the ones yeah. that it now, thanks to John Durham, we know they, the Clinton campaign, paid Jaffe and Sussman to go shovel that load of nonsense to the FBI. So they either lied then or they're lying now. And by the way, you should check out these uh, depositions that I took on House Intel. It's hmm. the one used by John Durham oh, in the Sussman yeah, indictment. Right. And, I, and I deposed Jake Sullivan, too. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking he's got to be looking at that one, too. And wouldn't it be ironic, Lee, if a national security advisor, the president of the United States, actually got indicted and convicted of a real crime? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Amazing. They went after Trump's first national security advisor, Michael Flynn, for nonsense. But right. Here's a guy who really compromised, who compromised the entire country, who, who compromised our, our process. And now he's Biden's mm -hmm. his national security advisor. What a farce. Yeah. Um, Man, we could do this all day. This is a ton of fun. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do it again. We're going to do it again soon. But in the meantime, I, I'm, I, I'm, first of all, I thank you. And uh, I, I thank you on behalf of the improbably named Lee Smith Show. I thank you for our <laughs> listeners, but also I, what what I think what I think we we want is we need more of these profiles in in, in accountability. It's a lot of fun, All right. and you're just putting out amazing information. And it, and you know, I mean, going after the people who have hurt this country and and. Right, because right now the Republicans do not have the gavel, the 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 no. uh, ability to restore the security and and prestige of the country is limited. But I think the more and more that we can put out evidence, the more and more we can explain what's happening, and you know, and 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 and, and then in uh, November twenty two or January twenty three, and January twenty five, we can hit the ground running and start holding people. Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Thanks so much again, Cash. We'll talk to you later. And um, everyone, thanks for listening in today. And uh, the recording should be up pretty soon for all of you, uh, all of your friends who missed it. You can tell them to check it out. It's going to be on Truth Social, of course, and it'll be on some of the less prestigious sites as well, like Twitter. Um, so, Cash, thanks so much again. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Lee. Have a great one. Thanks. Bye.